Hey, it's your boy, Dave Ford. We are back with Jessica Pello, Vice President of Marketing at Edo Japan. Jessica, how are you doing this today? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for asking. All right. So in this conversation, again, COVID-19 has taken over the world, disrupted the world, confused the world for the last two years. But Edo Japan has been a brand that's been growing. So we're going to talk with Jessica about growing a brand through COVID-19. But first, let's get to know Jessica. What was the first brand that you fell in love with? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Well, there's so many to choose from. I think I'm going to have to go from or go with Adidas. Uh, Back in the day when I was 15, I got my first job at McDonald's and my first paycheck. I bought a pair of shoes um, from Adidas. And honestly, ever since then, it's been a bit of a North Star for me. Um, It's always so impressive how they've strategically aligned their partnerships and they continue to uh, be successful in addressing both kind of a high fashion segment at the same time as an affordable, more, you know, approachable product offering. So you got a pair of uh, Adidas kicks in your closet right now? Oh, not those ones. Many others though. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Um, and what, what makes an, an iconic brand to you? I think, uh, I think that's changed over the last number of years. I think before it used to be kind of an edgy, edgy and innovative product development or storytelling or, you know, high firepower with um, ad campaigns. Now I think it's about having a kind of a deeper intimacy with customers and uh, putting them kind of at the center of any business. Uh, I think that it's more and more important to have a deep understanding about how to solve problems for customers and continuing to, to innovate within that space and deliver to the needs that are, are just constantly changing and constantly shifting, especially in the in this digital world that we live in, where everything is kind of at your fingertips and um, customer expectations are, are so high these days. Now, there's one brand. So you talk about that, but there's a brand brand that I think about in their global brand. People buy their products all across the world, mm-hmm. but they don't engage in things like social media. Their marketing more seems like they talk to people as opposed to engage with people. Mm-hmm. Would you still consider a brand that focuses or treats their marketing that way iconic? Yeah, that's a really good point. Um yeah, I think so. I, I do think so. I think, you know, the, the, the customer is driving the bus or driving the car now. And, it, you know, it's not that they weren't before, but it was in a very different way. Um, you know, iconic brands have this innate ability to listen to what is happening, to see what's happening and to address that really quickly. Okay. Now, of all the career choices, why did you pick marketing? <laughs> uh, well, actually, marketing wasn't always um, what I wanted to do. Um, although I have kind of throughout my career worked in a number of different verticals across marketing uh, that kind of includes like creative services or event management or, you know, sponsorships and strategic partnerships. Um, but I had a really great opportunity to work kind of more deeply within the, the digital um, the digital world with Sportcheck. And, um, uh, you know, that kind of led to more uh, brand and marketing strategy integration. Um, I think ultimately what I love about marketing overall is the, is the problem solving that's involved through, through every avenue of, of these verticals. Um, you know, asking questions around how, how brands present themselves to their customers, uh, how we innovate through product to generate better interest and create trial, um, you know, what community and business partnerships are going to help bolster storytelling um, and reach new audiences. 
I, I like I truly believe there's a problem to solve at every step of the way. And it's really fun when you're able to, to strike that that solution in the right way. Makes sense. Um, how did you actually get to Edo? So, yeah, I so I, you know, I had a I've had some really great opportunities to work for big Canadian brands over the last kind of 10 to 15 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, a wonderful contact of mine from from the sport world um, when I was working in sponsorships uh, had a connection to the CEO at Edo and uh, and he just introduced us. And honestly, I, I had one really fantastic conversation with our CEO, Dave Minnett. Um, that led to more fantastic conversations with the Edo leadership team and, and the, uh, the marketing team as, as, a, as a whole. And I could really just see the opportunity that lies ahead for a brand like Edo um, that has such a great footprint um, in some regions in Canada, but um, you know, the opportunity to just kind of grow exponentially off the, um, the coattails of, of success that's been seen through COVID. Now, can you talk a little bit about those regions where, you know, where's the, uh, I guess, the strongest footprint for the brand now? Yeah, absolutely. So the strongest fo- footprint is in, in Alberta, for sure. Um, nationwide, we have 163 locations, uh, most franchise, but some uh, corporate corporate stores as well. Um, we have We have begun kind of more expansion into BC over the last number of years. Uh, we've got locations in Manitoba. We've got s- locations in Saskatchewan. And uh, coming up, actually, our, our next biggest growth opportunity is into the, the Ontario market. And so we have a couple of, or we have a few really key locations open in Ontario. But um, in the f- in the future kind of months and years to come, Ontario is really uh, where we've got our sights set on, um, on some big growth. What is Edo Japan and who is the target audience? Yeah, absolutely. So Edo, uh, Edo Japan is a quick service restaurant. Uh, we're known for our teppanyaki style meals. Um, these are made to order on a traditional teppan grill, which is truly unique. Um, you know, we only use high quality ingredients. And uh, what we are probably most famous for is our teriyaki sauce. Hmm. Um, the franchise itself was established in Alberta. Um, so it's a, a homegrown Canadian brand in 1979. And, uh, and it's become a staple in the Canadian food landscape. Um, uh, we serve currently more than 10 million meals annually, which is really exciting. Yeah. Um, and, and we are just on the verge of for further proving this business model through our expansion into um, Eastern Canada, as I mentioned. Uh, I think we're really, really well positioned for growth uh, across the country as we have a, a really unique kind of offering um, and, and a wonderful kind of delicious uh, home or uh, sorry, a, a wonderful kind of option for a uh, quick serves. That's a, a little bit uh, on the healthy side. And where would we typically be able to get, you know, some of these products? So um, Alberta uh, is, is our strongest footprint. Um, there are many locations in Alberta, but we're also located in BC. We've done some recent expansion into a number of different uh, kind of smaller and larger centers uh, in BC. Um, In Manitoba, we've got stores in Winnipeg, in Saskatchewan, um, and then uh, Ontario, actually, we're we're starting our growth trajectory there. Uh, We already have locations in uh, Thunder Bay. There's two in Ottawa, um, Pickering, and um, and How about Sudbury? I was born there. Oh, excellent. Uh, It's not yet, but we, you know, (laughs) it is to come. (laughs) Okay, there you go. Well, if I ever go back there, I'll, I'll check out the location. (laughs) <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> so you've been with the brand for just under a year now, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah, since September. 
but you know, if you, I, I'm sure, I'm sure you've had a chance to talk to Dave about the history of, of the brand. Um, mm-hmm. What has been some of the challenges over the last two to three years for, you know, building a brand like this? And then especially during COVID. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. So, you know, I'd actually take, take this back maybe to 2016, 2017. Um, and this is when Ido really went through um, some, some really great work around modernizing the brand a little bit more um, with the goal of appealing to new audiences. So um, there's a lot of work done, a deep dive on kind of the menu and the food offering and pricing uh, that was being offered to customers, the store design and how the, the restaurants were operating. Um, the profitability of our franchisees, um, and then of course our marketing and then the overall value proposition. Um, at that time as well, we had a need to implement a digital ordering uh, capability, which didn't currently exist. Um, and so, you know, going through the, the process of doing that actually created a really great foundation for where our business is today. Um, at that time as well, we started to look into the East and Canada to markets where we were truly unknown. And, you know, this is something that we're still working towards, but trying to build awareness within communities where, um, you know, maybe the, the Alberta expats um, were familiar with the Edo uh, Japan brand, but, um, you know, there's a real need to engage with new audiences. I think at the time as well, you know, 2016, 17, 18, um, one of the other challenges uh, was real estate. Everyone in the business was kind of looking at the same type of real estate and it made it um, really difficult to obtain. So um, thankfully, uh, you know, the, the work was done in these years to kind of set this solid foundation. And when COVID hit, um, obviously, you know, our, our business was certainly impacted, but we had a, an amazing foundation um, on the digital end that allowed us to pivot to um, uh, online only or uh, pick up and delivery pretty quickly, actually. And I think that that gave us an advantage walking into, you know, a situation like COVID where there was so much uncertainty um, with what was going to happen next. So are you building, are you offering the delivery through your own or are you offering through somebody's third-party app delivery services then? Or a mix of both? Yeah, it's, so we have, um, we have our own Edo app, um, which is used for uh, pickup. And we have delivery partners, um, Skip uh, exclusively in Alberta, but we also work with other delivery partners in, in other markets. Um, and truly, those are some, some great uh, strategic partnerships for us. Um, honestly, it, you know, it, it has given us access to, to people um, at a time when it was really difficult to access them. So uh, we, we truly, truly uh, value the, the, the value that we get out of those partnerships. You talk about, you know, building brand and brand awareness. How has COVID changed that? You know, are marketers now going to look differently when they build a brand post-COVID? Yeah, I think so. Um, uh, one of the, the key things that we have found is that when we open a store within a community, we really need to develop kind of a deep knowledge of that community, um, you know, from creating partnerships with local businesses to um, really understanding the demographics and psychographics of, of those communities. So it's a much, it's a much more community focused approach, I think. Um, and, and I believe, especially for mid-sized businesses, um, in, and smaller businesses, having that deep and intimate connection with communities is the thing that is going to be, um, driving success for people. Um, because, you know, you, you want the businesses that are coming into your towns to really uh, be able to address the needs that, that you have specifically uh, based on where you live. 
Now, when you talk about community, does that also extend to influencers? Is that a, is that a, is that a focus for you as a marketer? Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, you know, influencers in a, in a big way, um, you know, from category definition, like food influencers and things like that certainly help uh, us today. Um, but we're also starting to dig into micro influencers within these communities that, you know, uh, that, that are really well known um, within these cities and, and can help, help to bring people to experience this wonderful brand um, as we start to open up new stores in these markets. Now, what is this all about? You've got micro, you've got macro, you've got nano. Tomorrow will be some other, I don't know what. <laughs> help, help me understand, what is the difference between all these? So the difference between all of these comes back to, I think, the connection with the customer. Um, that, that customer intimacy is really important to us, and, and it is a driver to um, the success of our business. It's a driver to making sure that our franchisees are, are well embedded in their communities. And so you know, it's, it's not just about looking at your brand platform from uh, across the top uh, awareness layer anymore. Um, not to say that that, that isn't uh, important. Obviously, it's important. And that's some of the work that we're going to be doing in the months to come. Um, but it, it's way more nuanced than just um, kind of sending messaging out into the world that way. Uh, we have to explore storytelling. We have to explore relevancy. We have to um, tap into the the sources where people are receiving their information so that we can be as relevant as possible and, and drive trial, especially in new markets. Now, as the world starts to uh, slowly open back up, is sponsorship or um, event activation a thing that you would also start to explore or maybe you have in the past with uh, Edo Japan? Absolutely. I think uh, actually in, in London just this weekend, we're doing a grand opening event. Um, which is super exciting. And we've had the, the, the great fortune of being able to partner with Coke, um, who is uh, our, one of our suppliers, to, to bring you know, a really fun kind of activation to the community. Um, it's interesting because we're just starting to get back into that. But you know, we've, always, uh, we've always really uh, believed in you know, um, celebrating in the community and, and creating trial and excitement around, um, around our brand as we enter uh, into different markets. Okay. Sounds like you've got your hands full and there's a lot more to come from the brand. Oh, absolutely. We are, uh, we are right on the verge of, of something big. And I think, um, you know, you're going to see some really, really great uh, work coming out of our new agency partnership uh, later this year and, uh, and also coming to communities near you in, uh, in Ontario. All right. Anything that you want to uh, slip it, slip out to us? Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, like, you know, if you get a chance, if you're out there, if you see an Edo uh, Japan sign, if you get a chance to come in, I promise you that, you know, if you step foot into our store the first time and try the food, you will come back forever and ever because it's really, really an experience. Excellent. Well, Jessica, I appreciate your time and folks that are listening. Check out an Edo Japan near you.